on today's episode of Bucked Up. Oh, I got a baby on the way. Do you have a baby on the yeah, way? Yeah, yep. Congratulations. Thank you. I haven't, I think I announced it once. I put it like in a story, but I'm like, it's a weird thing to announce. I, I don't know. It's, uh, well, it's such a personal <laughs> private thing, and here I am saying it on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I never really thought about the legality of the driving podcast. <laughs> it's like I have to wear my seatbelt. Well, if you think it's just like a GPS. <laughs> that is true. You know? But I can't smoke. But why not? <laughs> I mean, smoke and dri- <laughs> is smoking and driving illegal or is smoking, driving, recording illegal? I mean, I feel like oh, driving smoking and smoking weed. Yeah, oh. I don't smoke. Yeah, I'm talking about smoking weed. But nobody could ever test that via the internet unless we get pulled over and then okay and then we have the yeah i just feel like you know when you're like how the fuck did they get a recording of that yeah i feel like the universe just plays into like if you're recording some dumb shit some dumb shit will happen i know i constantly think about that all the stuff that we see recorded now think about all this stuff that's not recorded yeah that doesn't you know get immortalized on the internet you ever get arrested or anything the first time I got arrested was I was. For you, yo, you said that like you got arrested. <laughs> I guess it, I guess it was the only time I've been physically put in cuffs. I think I was like 19 years old. We went to a battle of the bands, and it was at a high school, and we we're in the high school parking lot pre-gaming before this battle of the bands, and like we were out of high school, but like we still had friends in high school because we were like 19, you know, mm-hmm. 18. Yeah. And uh, I had a 30 rack in the trunk of the car, and we had some, we were just drinking in my car. So the cops come up to us and they see us drinking and they're like, uh, well, I actually had my, my can in the, like the cup holder. So I was like, oh yeah, that's from my dad. <laughs> I took my dad around. And it's then, his road soda. Yeah. And the cop was like, do you, um, do you have any other beers in the car? And I was like, no, I don't. I completely lied. And he's like, so you, you don't mind if I search the trunk? And I, like, I didn't have the balls to be like, you don't have a warrant. Like, I'm 19 years old. I'm not going to be like, you don't got a warrant for that, drunk, You're drunk a little bit already. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then uh, I was like, sure, open the trunk, knowing full well it's just sitting there in the trunk. And, um, yeah, he opened it, saw the 30 rack. He goes, turn around. I was like, damn it. He put me in cuffs, put me in the back of the squad car. And I remember the first thing I said when I got back there, I was just like, I just leaned. And I, I was like, officer, um, is this going to be in the paper? <laughs> I was just so nervous he was going to be in the newspaper. You're like, oh, oh, oh. Or did you do stand-up at the time? No, no. I started oh. when I was like 22, so a few years later. All right. I thought you were going to be like, all publicity is good publicity. Yeah, I know, right? But Rappers, I, like, want to get a mugshot because then they can use it to, like, promote themselves. Oh, man, yeah. Now I wish it was in the paper. Comedi- See, comedians <laughs> could use their mugshots, but comedians always get arrested for weird shit. It's never cool shit. So my my uh, my special is called Mother of the Year, and it's like I talk about my mother's, you know, alcoholism and my upbringing dealing with, with her and stuff in a funny way, obviously. And mm-hmm. she did get arrested, and I talk about that in the special. And uh, I really want to find... I can't find her mugshot. She only went to jail for like 30 days. Um, but I really want to find her mugshot and sell it as merch. Uh, that would be a right? hard t-shirt is your mom's Is my mom shot. just this middle-aged white woman with a side ponytail and a tan? Is she still around? Yeah, yeah, she's around. She's. Uh, but you can't ask her for it. 
Uh, I probably could. If I told hey, well, her that I was going to split the profits of the merch with her, I think she would. <laughs> I think she would be down to share that photo with me. Yeah, you're. You're like I'll give. I'll give you a little bit of money. You'll. You'll be part of. It. That's crazy though. Yeah. Damn. I f- did. You have like. So you had a wild upbringing. I mean, it. I feel like it's on par with a lot of comics' upbringing. You know, like. Yeah. I, I pretty much say like most comedians. Both my parents are alcoholics. That's like a prerequisite to do this job. I don't know if your parents were, but I feel like a lot of comics have that. It's a very common um, origin story. It's funny. I feel like the people who are the best, like, sit... I guess that's not true. Most... Very few comedians had good childhoods. And usually if you had a good childhood, you are a good joke writer. If you had a good childhood? If you had a, if you had a good childhood, you're good at writing, like, set-up punchline, really. Sure, okay. If you had a bad childhood, you're more trying to sell who, your personality. Yeah, yeah, you have to, like... I feel like if you had a bad childhood, you're, you kind of need this. You kind of need... Like, <laughs> yeah, it's you, not a matter of, like, uh, you know, if you're going to do comedy, it's, like, when you're going to start comedy. <laughs> you need the attention. Yeah, it's like we didn't get uh, affirmation enough when we were kids, so we needed to get that, that laughs. That laughter. You recorded a special and then didn't put it out, right? And then this is your... Yeah. Well, I re- at first I recorded it. I was going to do it. I was featuring for uh, for Norman one weekend, and I, I ended up, like, hiring this team to... Um... And that's where your special is going to be on his... I just want to yeah. promote it so people know Yeah, absolutely. It. It's actually uh, October 19th, so tomorrow. I don't, this is probably going to come out after, but it's on Mark Norman's YouTube. It's going to be Mark Norman Presents, Doug Key, Mother of the Year. Um, which is awesome because I have no uh, YouTube following at all. So this is my, uh, this is like my version of Comedy Central is him, you know, using his platform to show his fans, which I'm actually more excited about than like getting. You're a the Drake Central. to his Lil Wayne. Sure, <laughs> sure. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was also in a wheelchair on a uh, Canadian uh. show. Um, so anyway, yeah, you were talking about how you had. Yeah, I don't. I I recorded it, and I was gonna do it. Uh, I recorded four feature sets, and I was gonna splice it all together. But something ended up happening with one of the cameras, so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna redo it. And Corey at the Comedy Connection booked me to headline the Comedy Connection for like my first full uh, headlining weekend. And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna do it now because, you know, uh, I'll be able to do like the full hour, uh, four different sets. So I recorded two. I recorded one night, two shows. And, uh, yeah, it, it was good. I, I lost my voice on the second show, which wasn't fun. Really? So that was kind of, yeah, which kind of sucked. So How? In this special, I don't know. It was like the first show was, was great. It was hot. The second show was awesome, but as soon as I went on stage, I was like, hey, everybody, how's it going? I love how usually you have to worry about your outfit being the same. Whatever. I know. You had to worry about your voice sounding the same. I like, didn't even <laughs> think that that was a possibility. I'm like, I perform all the time. I've never lost my voice. But I think I was just like running the hour so much before the recording that you're also I, not really a yeller i'm not no it's not I, like you yell a lot on stage no i don't know it was in november it was last thanksgiving i recorded it um and uh, maybe i was getting sick i don't know but yeah uh no it was good i um i'm, I'm definitely happy with it although like it's one of those things where I've been going back and forth with the editor for so long that I'm like, I hate it. Well, you know? you've been sitting on it for a year, and yeah, a year in comedy it. time is like, it's like dog years, you know? I know like, you perpetually always get better, so you're, like, you send a clip from a year or six months ago, you watch it, you're like, I was a, I'm a totally different comic now. Yeah, yeah, and also, 
I, I fell into the curse that happens every time a comic uh, releases a special is I'm like thinking of new tags to jokes that are mm. already on wax which yeah. kind of sucks like, you like AI a tag into the joke you're like <laughs> why did it just go weird for us yeah, yeah I thought of like I'm like oh I could put this new idea into that ah shit it's already on the album so um, yeah I did the album first I released the album like two months ago just so I could get like the album sales first and yeah. then because knowing full well that it was going to be on Mark's YouTube and I'll, I'll at least get all the views from that but um so a lot of people do the special first and then the album later. Yeah. But uh yeah, I just wanted that that stupid screenshot of getting to number 1 on the iTunes charts. That's is, pretty cool though. Yeah, it, it, I lasted 24 hours there. That's awesome. Usually it's like, you know, 15 minutes, but I feel like I lasted a whole day at number 1. I do the same shit as you and maybe it is a comedian thing, but we always try to like downplay our like I know. Cool, you know, it's like you all, I do the same shit though. Anything cool, I have to say something like bad after it. Yeah, well, or we're I just, have to like make it not because it's like comedians can't be braggadocious. We're self-deprecating by nature, and we can't like, but we have to. We have to present as like on social media, like, hey, look at this accomplishment, this accolade, this achievement. But then yeah. deep down, we're like, oh yeah, but that's uh, you know. I it could have done better. I could have done better. Literally though, yeah. and then like people will be like. Sam, you're too happy online. Like, you're posting, like, you're too... And it's like, do you want me to actually be sad online? Because I don't think people either want to see that either. Yeah, I also people... don't want to be the friends with, with people that are like, you're too happy, you're too nice. Mm -hmm. It's like, come on. All right, but comedians are like that. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. We're all... <laughs> Where I had... Shout out, uh, Al, do you know Brianna Woodward? And yes. And Christakis? Killer, both killers. Both killers, and those are two of my best friends, and I had them on my podcast, and a lot of people who listen to my podcast aren't, like, in the comedy world, so they don't know. Yeah. So I had someone watch the podcast and uh, hit me up and be like, why do you have people on that hate you? And I was like, those are literally like my two best friends like yeah. in the whole world. It's just, that's the comedy way. I'm concerned, like when somebody isn't making fun of you or busting your balls, that's like, they're not, they don't like, they don't know you. Not that they don't mm. like you, but they don't know you well enough yet. So when somebody's like actually taking digs at you, you're like, you like me. You really like me. When you have like two, yeah, you don't want people being yes men. Right. Because I'll be real with my, if, if I'm real, if I know someone really well, I yeah. will bust their balls. <laughs> but then I'll take it too personally sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. I'm definitely, uh, you know, people are, after shows are like, oh, you're you're such a handsome guy. Why do you, what are you doing comedy? And I'm just like, oh, stop, stop. I don't want it. It's like, <laughs> that's, I feel the most uncomfortable when I'm getting that. I'm like, say something about my comedy, not that. Mm. Not what I look like. <laughs> yeah, you know what it's like to be a hot girl. <laughs> yeah. When you're a comedian and you're, I don't deal with that. It's the only job in the world where it's like a handicap, you know, mm -hmm. to not look like a stereotypical comic. I don't know. It's, it's. <laughs> It's, uh, people it's, are gonna hate you for what you just said. Uh, oh, I, I know. You, I hope totally. You, know. <laughs> you know it's the same thing when people are like, "Oh, how do you uh, how do you stay in shape? What's your secret?" And I'm mm. like, uh, the "Genetics. I don't really do too much." And they're like, "I hate you more." Yeah. That. Uh huh. You know? Unless you can provide them like a step by step process of how you got the way you. I don't know. That's super funny I, because a lot of people will be like, "Sam, you seem very confident." Like with you not giving a fuck Right It's more like I'm really quiet Because my head's always An anxiety attack yeah. And then that comes off As stoic Like that comes off As being 
Yeah. Like yeah. stoicism when really I'm just in my head the whole time. Right. Well, it's like the Kanye West thing where he's like, you're a genius. He knows he's a genius. You yeah. Know, he thinks he's a genius. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just like, I was gifted by God like this. It's like, come on, buddy. Relax. What type of music do you listen to? You don't listen to rap that I much? do. I do listen to rap. I'm not like, I mean, I probably don't uh, know a lot of the people that you've interviewed, but I'm, 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 I did my homework and I watched some of your, uh, and I listened to some of their music. I'm like, I'm a fan now. That's awesome. Yeah. West Side Gun. Crazy, right? That's his name. Yeah, that's his name. Oh, Mm -hmm. thank God I said it right. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, but I, I grew up on nineties hip hop and you know, they bring that back. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, what like rapper do you think would be the best comedian? Well, I, I'd like to say T.I., but we already knew that that, that didn't work out. Uh, <laughs> is, is he a uh, listener? I was supposed to open for T.I. doing stand Is he doing still doing stand- it? Yeah. He has T.I.'s Ha Ha Mafia, which is like his like label of comedians. Okay, and he, he and tours I, with the Ha Ha Mafia? Yeah, and so I opened for them, T.I.'s Ha Ha Mafia in Buffalo at Town Theater. Okay. Town Ballroom. And they definitely, oh, I hope this doesn't come back to bite me, but I'm just going to say what it is. I'm just going to say what it is. So I, till I got there, I thought it was T.I. and his Ha Ha Mafia. But I got there, sold out, sold out theater. And they're like, oh yeah, no, T.I.'s not going to be here. It's (laughs) T.I.'s Ha Ha Mafia, not T.I. and his Ha Ha Mafia. Okay. (laughs) I, wonder, I mean, I wonder if the Ha Ha Mafia is like our well, well-respected comedian. They, no, they, they are. are. Erica, D- Erica Duchess oh, okay. was one of them. Uh, Brandon. So they're not all rappers uh, turned. No, no, no. Gotcha. They're like real, real comedians. T.I. was smart with it. Right. Because he only has to do like 15 minutes and then a song at the end. And right. then you have Killers. K-Dub was another one. And then Brandon Marshall. Yes. Um, yeah, he's great. Yeah, who opens up for Dave Chappelle. Yeah. It was the three of them, and then me, and then this dude, Terry King, from Buffalo. Yeah. I, d- I thought it would be smart to do a end my set with a boy in the striped pajamas bit. <laughs> That's a funny joke. I got booed. Uh. In, the, in a theater. In a theater, I got booed. Yeah, it was, I was like, I don't give a fuck, no. Yeah, man, theaters are, like, bombing in a theater sucks because... <laughs> It's just a thousand people. Like silence is deafening in a theater because mm-hmm. it's just that many people being like, "No, you should remove yeah. that from." You your know what's act. more deafening? Booze. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's like the Apollo right there. It lit- but it was literally like that. That's what people wanted because it was like yeah. a T. Te- it's a more like a rap show, you know? Right. Worst bomb you ever had? Ooh. Um. I think I was going. This was like early in my stand-up career when I was at I was at the Comedy Connection it was like a Sunday showcase and it was when a new Fast and the Furious movie was coming out and I'm like this is a perfect time to work this new seven minute Fast and the Furious chunk that I wrote it was basically like a one man show about all the Fast and the Furious (laughs) movies leading up to the the latest one and I'm like oh these are all gonna crush and mind mind you Comedy Connection is East Providence blue collar crowd they don't care about the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> and it was like, I was closing out a, like a new talent show. So it's all people that like brought their family and friends. <laughs> and I just closed out. I was like, so Fast and the Furious, that was a pre 9-11 movie, right? I just like started with a 9-11 <laughs> reference in the Fast and the Furious bit. And it was literally seven to 
10 minutes of just straight crickets. I got off stage and Dave, one of the owners, just, you know, he does this thing where he takes his hat off and he just, he runs his, his hand through his hair. He goes, he goes, Dougie, that was bad. That was bad. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, I honestly thought that was going to do okay. Oh uh, yeah, that that one stung when the when the one of the owners watched. It. No, it's rougher when people are nice about you bombing. Yeah, when they're like, yeah, that was tough. Like you'll get them next time. You feel you feel worse about it. Well, that's what I love about stand-up is it's okay to bomb like a joke because yeah. you can just bring it home by saying like, ah, that one didn't work, and it's endearing. Mm-hmm. Like the, the the crowd is even more on your side if you're self-aware that one joke didn't work. But it, you know, you you only get a free pass once in a while. You can't just do that consecutively and like. You know, that's what I think is better about stand-up than improv is, like, I can stop and be like, ah, that one bombed, that one sucked. And they're all like, <laughs> he yeah. knows that one sucked. But, like, improv, you can't just stop a scene with eight people and be like, hey, guys, this no, is stupid, No, you have to stupid, go down right? with the ship yeah. in improv. <laughs> Wait, what town are we in right now? That's a great question. All right, we just passed the liquor basket. It was uh, a liquor store on our right. I feel like right. we're in Cranston. Okay, so the Liquor Basket, which is a store, I guess, in Cranston, Rhode Island. I just had deja vu, but I didn't want to uh, cut off your story. I was once, we'll pretend it was seven years ago, that I was buying mushrooms. Okay. In the Liquor Basket parking lot. And I got the type of car from the person, and so I pull in the Liquor Basket parking lot, and I see the car pull up, and I get out, and I walk over, and I get in the car passenger side and I sit down and the guy next to me is on his phone and he looks at me and he just starts screaming like ah, oh, what the fuck what the fuck it was the wrong car it just happened to be <laughs> the same car <laughs> I just got in a stranger's car oh god I Robert Downey Jr. to him yeah. <laughs> that, I feel like that happens a lot with Uber like uh you know, Uber drivers or whatever, like, mm-hmm. or not even Uber driver, but you think you're getting into somebody's car that's your Uber driver and it's not. Yeah. I've definitely gotten to the wrong car, the wrong car, just like on a corner. It's like, oh, black Honda Accord. I'm like, this has got to be it. And I just but, get in somebody's car and they're like, ah! <laughs> getting in the back seat, I feel like it's safer. They're like, we're not going to rob you. Yeah, getting in true. the passenger seat, I think you're like, oh, that person's right there. Yeah, I mean, unless you have a baby in the back seat of the car. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> true. You don't want, unless you hate that baby, you're like, yeah, take, yeah. take that shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got a baby on the way. Do you I, have a baby on the yeah, way? Yeah, yep. Congratulations. Thank you. I haven't, I think I announced it one, I put it like in a story, but I'm like, it's a weird thing to announce. I, I don't know. It's, uh, well, it's on, such a personal, <laughs> private thing, and here I am saying it on a podcast. But. Wow, I feel honored that you yeah, break yeah. the news on here. Yeah, you heard it here first. Wow, second. that's awesome. Yeah, man. Planned? No. <laughs> I hope you don't mind me asking that. Unless my future child is watching, then yes. <laughs> are any babies you, you planned? Are a gift from God. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I was think... I was definitely an accident. Were you planned? Definitely. Uh, actually, no. But yeah. I'm an only child, and I knew they wanted a kid. Okay. But, like, I, I think I was as planned as you can be. But as I said, I don't think anyone was really planned. Yeah, that's true. No, how was... do you think, how do you, are you, are you excited? Like, how do you feel like it's going to affect your career? Um, I, I don't know. I think what I've heard is that it really lights a fire under your ass as far as, like, you find new ways to be creative because it's, like, more of a a fight-or-flight response to, like, provide for your child. So mm-hmm. you, like, you, you stop caring what people think. You just start 
you know, like, for instance, you know, with comedy, I'm like, ah, I don't want to post this clip because that's not as funny, whatever. But, like, now I'm, it's starting to transition into, like, I'm just going to start putting whatever out and then see what sticks. Yeah. You know, instead of being, like, insecure about shit, just, you know, nothing means anything, you know. Have your Has your mental state changed yet? Have you gone into, like, dad brain mode? I think that's the beauty of... Uh, uh, a woman carrying the child for nine months is it gives you like a lot of time to mentally prepare and mm-hmm. like start uh, getting into that dad brain um, so like I, you don't know until it's actually here but I feel like I'm slowly visualizing what it's going to be like to be a dad and yeah. like that it's going to be hard and it's going to be you know every time I have a moment to sit down or take a nap or relax I'm like oh th- I'm not going to have this Yeah, you know so, but you also don't really need that. Yeah. Like I don't optimize my time. I feel like I opti- optimize my time well, but if I really like put like a schedule down of what I do with my time, I fuck off a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely think it's going to make all those little gaps where I do have free time. Uh, I'm going to take advantage of them a little mm-hmm. bit more, but, but, uh, yeah. So that's awesome though. Yeah, man. You want kids? Uh, you have a lady, right? No, I don't have a lady anymore. Oh. Hey, breaking Sorry. news on the podcast. Hey, we're both announcing shit on the podcast. I keep that shit private, too. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It's uh, Early on in the podcast, someone tried to dox my mom. Oh, my God. Which was weird. So I was just kind of from now... I just tried to keep that side personal. Yeah. All right, so you're single, so I can... But I am single. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) That would go viral. Yeah. I would go viral, and the video would go viral. (laughs) Uh, No, I do want kids someday, but, like, all right, how old are you? I'm 36. All right, so I feel like that's, like, a good age in today's society. Yeah, yeah, and I was, like, totally fine with, like, waiting till later even, but um, because it just happened and it wasn't planned, I, I was like, oh, shit. But then I thought about it, I'm like, you know what, I'm not getting any younger and like I might as well let's let's do it now anyway. If I want if I want kids and why am I gonna why are we gonna even have the conversation about not having it if, yeah. if I do want it, you know? And obviously she had <laughs> a decision to make too. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So Oh my god, I forgot. so I just interviewed this rapper a couple two days ago in New York and he has twenty kids with twenty baby mamas at twenty nine years old. Wow. That reminds me of the clip that's going around, that guy that's just like, real bad man. Yes. He has... <laughs> I'm sure he's a great guy. Oh, but, not, but he's, I mean, he's a fire, he's really rich, he's a fire rapper, but yeah. imagine having 20 kids with 20 baby mamas. Wow. What are Thanksgivings like? I asked him what our holidays like. I, 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 but here's the thing, are all of your kids ever going to be in the same room? No. But I think it's more of like it goes back to you're a king and you just want to like have as many possibilities of success below you. Yeah. And if you have the money for it. Yeah. He said he he goes, I wouldn't have two kids with a woman unless that was my wife and I haven't met a woman who's my wife yet, <laughs> which I think is hard. This episode is sponsored by Infused Productions. They are the best in cannabis products and events. Make sure to follow them online at Infuse Productions. That's I-N-F-U-Z-E-D Productions and check out what they have going on. Let's get back into it. <laughs> The whole reason I bring that up is you were talking about the decision. 
Yeah. As I asked him later in the interview, listen to the Jay Fizzle interview. That's okay. who it is. Um, I asked him, what's your biggest purchase regret? Because he has big chains, diamonds, you know, yeah. grills. I thought it would be like a Hellcat. Yeah. And his biggest regret purchase is he had to pay for one abortion. And that's what his biggest regret was. And wow. then he that he had to pay for it, or that he got the abortion. That he had to pay for. And then that's his biggest regret purchase. And he grabbed my hand, looked me in the eyes. He goes, "Promise me you'll never pay for an abortion," wow. which I think is crazy because I don't know how to get them for free. Yeah, <laughs> I've no, I, I've never, I've paid for Plan B pills for sure, but oh, not yeah. a, not an actual abortion. Uh, which I guess I'm sorry, that's, a, that's just what came to my mind. Is that wow, Jay that, Fizzle? Well, his, <laughs> what's not fizzling is his uh, sperm count. No, that's that's, a, that's a real man, right? There. Yeah, his fertility is not fizzling one bit. <laughs> oh, that means he because he's 29. He must have had multiple women pregnant at the same time. Oh yeah, I wonder if they have like a book club that they all kind of. What book are they reading? I wonder if there's a text thread, at least, between some of them. <laughs> you know? Where it's just all exchanging pictures of babies. <laughs> you know? Damn, that is a... Imagine... But you're having one kid. Imagine you're like, yo, I got four or five kids on the way with four or five different There's got to be a threshold where it's like, whatever, let's just do more. I'm talking about this, about... The whole thing is... He optimizes his time. To have yeah. that, he knows how to use time properly. Right. And, I mean, He's not watching any movies. No, no, no. But what's weekend visitation going to be like? I mean, I doubt you're seeing your kid that much. Yeah, that's true. If we're being honest. That's true. Well, good luck, Jay Fizzle. Do you want and, more um, kids or is one good for you? I do want more. You know what I want? I want, I want, when I'm an old man, I want there to be a scenario where there's like a meeting about me. You know, I want my kids to have like some sort of powwow, like, what are we going to do with dad? You know, <laughs> so I feel like three is a good number. Like succession? Yeah. Yeah. You got to have your Romulus, your Shiv, your Kendall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do want um, at least I think sibling. I mean, you're an only child, but like mm -hmm. I had a, a sister that was very close in age, 15 months younger than me. And then I had a youngest sister uh, who's 15 years younger than me. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's when my mom got remarried and my stepdad wanted a kid. But, um, yeah, so I think siblings are definitely important. Uh, or not, like, not mandatory, but I think they're nice to have. Especially if you have parents that are, like, um, you know, booze bags like, like I had. And my, my parents are sober now, but, you know, when I was a kid, it was like there was some rough stuff so we you relied on your siblings to be like hey mom's crazy right are you, you know, a partier i i mean i partied but i was never like the king partier and that's the thing with parents that like drank and, and did drugs a lot it's like i could have easily gone down that path like i it was like it was either be like them or do the exact opposite and i definitely went i did the exact opposite i still drink and like you know partake in things time to time, but like I have a perspective that I think you can't get if you don't see that at an early age, mm -hmm. you know? Like I know what not to do. I think most of my life lessons have been like what not to do instead of like what to do. Yeah, there's like a reason I've never done coke. Yeah, if that yeah. makes sense. No, same. You, you know, see the size like... of his nose? I would, fuck, I would ruin the party. Usually <laughs> yeah. snoring an eighth and a fucking. <laughs> oh, yeah. An eight ball. This is a large snort. nasal cavity. So. <laughs> Yeah. I've also never seen someone do coke, like, because I'm never on coke. 
I've never seen someone do coke and have a good time. No. They always are just like jittery. Yeah, they're always jittery or, or it's very short-lived. If they appear like they're having a good time, they, they pitch a business plan they want to start <laughs> they, or something they want to do like tomorrow. Or a podcast. Yeah. A I lot know. of podcasts were started on coke. I know. Maybe I should do coke so I can start a podcast. <laughs> You've never done it? A podcast or a coke? <laughs> I think you know what I thought I did coke one time and then my friend uh, you know years later I was like oh remember when we did coke that one time and he was like that wasn't coke he's like I, that was crushed on molly and I was like I swear to god I did coke I thought that was coke you're like that's why I had such a good time uh, yeah and I don't even come to think of it I don't even remember it be, like affecting me in any way because I think I was just drunk so I, I don't know but uh, yeah that was like in my early 20s you have any liquor you can't drink not that I can't drink, but, you know, just the ones that you uh, just have bad experiences with. Like, Jaeger was, like, the thing to do when, you know, when we're 21. Just Jaeger, Jaeger, Jaeger. And now it just, the smell of it repulses me. Yeah. You never, like, had a night where you went too, too hard. My 21st birthday, I got pulled on stage. There was an ACDC cover band called Dirty Deeds. I don't know if you remember them. <laughs> no. They, they, were, they were in, like, the Rhode Island circuit a lot. And uh, the lead singer sounds just like, uh, what's his name, Angus, whatever, the lead singer. And uh, you know that song, The Jack, like, he's got the jack. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was, like, literally in the front uh, row at this this uh, concert on my 21st birthday. And the guy, like, points at me, brings me on stage, and has, like, a whole bottle of Jack and pours, like, a snifter. <laughs> and then I just, like... He only wanted me to take a sip because he was going to bring up, like, more people to, like, take a sip. And I just chugged the entire snifter of Jack. And it was just like, there's a picture of me on stage with the ACDC guy just like. <laughs> and, uh, the ACDC cover guy. <laughs> ACDC cover band guy. And then uh, we, we were in a limo that night because my, my parents got me a limo. They, like, you know, pulled together on it. And I, I remember having the wherewithal, being that drunk to be like, I can't throw up in the limo or else they're going to get charged for it. So I t had to tell the limo driver like six times to pull over and I just threw up in people's yards. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it was rough. <laughs> that was a rough 21st, but very memorable. You were just, you were like a shitty Santa Claus. <laughs> you just pull, pull up with a limo door to door and vomit yeah. on their front steps. Hey, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Next house. <laughs> I love that the driver was just like, All right, he's, at least he's not vomiting in the car. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he was thrilled that I was like, you know, had the respect enough, the decency to tell him to pull over but my friend got banned from uber for throwing up in the car on his 21st birthday really yeah damn yeah he like ruined the banned from all ubers not just all them. ubers yeah that was so bad what do you have a good rating on uber i hope so i one time i have a pretty good i have a good rating but it went down a little bit and then i remember getting an email from uber or maybe it was lyft i forget which one but i got an email from one of them that was like uh, we value, uh, you know, our drivers, so please, you know, please respect our drivers, whatever. And I was, like, trying to think, like, what did I do? Like, I'm, like, racking my brain. Did I say something? Because I don't, I, I'm usually very pleasant with the drivers. I talk to them, chat them up if they're, or I don't chat them up, but if they're chatting me up, I'll, yeah, like, yeah. play ball. And uh, I'm, like, I've never smoked in a car. I don't know. Maybe I was, like, late, but... You literally can't think of something. I can't think Have of Have you like, ever called an Uber for someone? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what happens I right am. there. Which is I'm, weird because, like, you feel like you're doing the good deed by calling an Uber no, for somebody else. And then you get the... Because if you're calling an Uber for someone, they're probably fucked up. Yeah. And then the worst thing to do is be fucked up in an Uber. I know. It's kind of like when you reserve, like... A hotel room for somebody like for the for the festival uh-huh. that I run I like I'll like reserve hotel rooms for like the headliners or whatever and uh, I'll make sure to call the the hotel ahead of time be like look I'm paying for the room but make sure you get incidentals from them because oh, like smart yeah because I'm like because I've done it before where like a comic like smoked in the room and uh, yeah and then it gets back on me and then they try charging me and I'm like I didn't smoke in the room that was that guy so you know what you got to do burn if you're this is for people listening this is danny brown's trick okay put burn popcorn in the microwave Ooh, it's smart and then it'll cover the smell okay and also it's like a good alibi too exactly like like, it was burned even if it does smell like weed or cigarettes (laughs) you're like (laughs) but then they charge you for the microwave that you've destroy (laughs) yeah comedians don't really give a fuck they will smoke in that room yeah that's like the motley crew version of a comedian's uh nightly parting is just burning popcorn (laughs) you never i fucked up one hotel room like 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 fucked up rock star style or just like partied and like people fucked it up no like drunk throwing up all over a hotel room oh wow like all over a hotel room oof I've only gotten that drunk two times in my life. I ruined the hotel room, and then I went to party at UMass Amherst when my friend went there, and I was still in college, and we drank a whole bottle of tequila, and they, I guess they had broken into one of the, like, uh, campus buildings where all the classes were being held, and they were throwing a rave in one of the classrooms. Right. So I was fucked up in this classroom raving, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to throw up. So I just run out into the hallway and start going at doors. And I open up a door and just throw up everywhere. And my friend comes in and uh, turns on the light, and it was a teacher's office. (laughs) I'm not painting myself in the best light, but that is a true story. That was like the Nancy Pelosi's office of the January 6th. Literally, and it was Friday of a long weekend. So that vomit just like sat there. Yeah, just like, fermenting. Because right after that, they were like, "Public safety." Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't get people who are like, "I wish I could go back to college." Oh, I went to community college. So I don't. I never really had like the college experience that you see in movies and porn. But uh, <laughs> movies and porn. I mean, that's the only like introduction <laughs> I had to the college dorm experience. Is just uh, you know these. These, uh, this facade of like oh, which never happens no which never happens <laughs> I love <laughs> no one's ever been hanging out in a college room and an orgy just breaks no, out no but I have like dated girls where they're like I'm like oh did you like live in a dorm she's like yeah I lived in a dorm and I'm like so how do you guys bang and they're like oh we just do it quietly under the covers while like our roommates in the room and I'm like that sounds like a porn how a porn starts <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I went, I went to community college. So I was partying college age, but I wasn't, like, going to these big frat parties. It was, like, literally, you know, going to a, a 35-year-old man's house when you're 19, 18, 19. And, uh, you know, you're partying with, like, full-grown 
adults with that pay child support. Yeah, that's when the real orgies break out. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. That's what I feel. I feel like community college is where the real porns happen. Yeah, yeah. Not that's... the hot porns, but the ones that you're watching. Yeah. And you see and you're like, oh, what the? This is what real people <laughs> fucking look like. That's when the cops show up to those parties and everybody's nervous for different reasons. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like... One guy's like, fuck, I have underage people in my house, you know. Oh, you don't one, want, one kid's you don't like, want my dad's underage kill me. people at an orgy. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> you definitely don't. Yeah, but uh, there was a bar, like, when we were in high school, like, seniors in high school, there was a bar that had, like, a dollar beer night that we'd all go to. And the bartender, mm-hmm. like, nobody carded anybody, you know. Oh, yeah. I had a shitty-ass fake, but I got in some places. They yeah. know when it's a fake. It's just do they care or not. Yeah. I mean, usually when the bouncer's like a local and he knows you, you're like, all right, just go in. Yeah. Was to- you were just over in Europe. Was that crazy? Oh, Europe was nuts. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, you know, drinking age is definitely younger over there. But um, it is. It's wild seeing like ki- kids at a bar, like or you know, college age. Mm-hmm. But it's it's uh it's alarming. You're like, are these where are your parents? Uh, but yeah, it was it was crazy because like you know, Mark Norman's fans are. Uh, they're wild. Ever since he started doing Rogan, he um, his fan base is like really expanded into different demographics, you know. So they're pretty intense um, to a point where like after the shows, we're like hopping in an Uber and there's people like waiting out in the back, like waiting for him to come out and like sign autographs and take pictures and stuff. Um, so he's he's had a, a phase in his career that I, you know, we didn't really anticipate. <laughs> That's awesome, though. No, it's great. That's, how I mean, did you guys link up in the first place? We uh, we both did the the Boston Comedy Festival together in 2013. That's where I met him. Um, I was uh, I was probably like four years into comedy. It was like right before I moved to New York. So like you know I had I had like a you know 10 15 minutes and uh, you know he he was like already had one Conan under his belt. And he was in the same, you know, contest, contestable, if you will, that I was in. So I didn't make it past the first preliminary round, but he made it to the finals. And I went to the finals to go hang out. Um, and it was like the Somerville Theater or something like that in, in, uh, outside Boston. And the guy that ran the festival was like, hey, uh, one of the finalists, this guy Mark Norman, is going to uh, be showing up soon. Can you just, like, go get him at the entrance and bring him back to the green room? And I was like, Sure. So he showed up, and I knew what he looked like. He didn't know what I looked like at the time, and I was just like, "Hey, Mark!" And he's like, ha, 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 ha. And I'm like, "Hey, I'm, I'm Doug. I'm bringing you back to the green room." He's like, "Hey, Doug, big fan." Wow, did his whole thing. He he hasn't changed in you know 12 years. It's it's uh pretty fascinating. But uh, yeah, that's when we first met, and then I moved to the city, and then started doing the road with him because um, I had a car. He didn't have a car in the city, so you know he texted me to do like all these these one-nighters in like Connecticut or New Jersey or wherever and um and pretty much anytime he was doing a club in like the northeast like Comedy Connection or Boston or Connecticut he would he would have me feature for him uh but I will say that he does use a lot of he does use a lot of like younger comics he does a lot for for new comics for sure yeah but you have the special coming out as the like Mark Norman presents yes I um you know it's funny because he actually kind of pitched the idea to me we were talking in the car one time about youtube analytics and like i have no idea how youtube works that's one thing i regret is like not really learning how Mm -hmm. because it's like skyrocketed people's careers and i just haven't like really delved into it and i was like so every video you post like can you see 
how much revenue it generates. Like how, like, and he's like, oh yeah, there's a whole analytics page um, that you can see how much it, you know, the reach it had, how much money it makes. And he was like, he's like, for example, if I put your special on my YouTube, I could see how well it does. And I was like, kind of had this internal thing of like, oh yeah, oh, that's, yeah, that's crazy. Um, that'd be weird if you did that. And uh, I like took a few days to think about it. And I finally texted him. I'm like, hey, remember when you uh, brought up that, that uh, idea of putting my special on your YouTube? I was like, what are the odds you would do that? And he just responds, let's do it. And, um, yeah, so I've been working with his, like, his, uh, tech person to get that going. And it's, it's, uh, going to be premiering tomorrow night. That's all. That's so smart too. I don't get comedians were so cutthroat for so long that they didn't want, like, I feel like they didn't want to help. Like there weren't like gangs of comedians, but now it really like, it helps. Like if comedians have other comedian friends, you're yeah. not going to be able to create enough content to fill someone's time. But if you have a bunch of friends that are funny too, you can fill their, like, well, you just help putting people on and then it helps you too. It's really a win-win and uh, obviously I, I have more to gain than he does from this. I get the views and it will generate some money and like, you know, it also generates some money for him because, you know, if people watch it all the way through, the more ads play and blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. I, I don't know how that works, but you know, he'll get a cut. You know, we worked out a little split of whatever it makes. So it's no skin off. He just has to click upload and, you know, he gets uh, a few bucks out of it. So, you know, obviously the, the only downfall is if people are like, hey, this sucks. Why are you, why are you putting on, you know, these unfunny people? But that's just my, the fears that my brain goes to, you know? Yeah, that's, that that's cool to hear how long you guys have been working together. Cause I do bet that some people will see that and not understand how long it took for something like that to happen. Yeah, it definitely wasn't overnight. I mean, like, I'm, I'm going on 13 years in comedy, which is, uh, you know, it's it's not long for a lot of other, you know, people that have been doing it way longer than me and, and uh, are, like, legends. But I I feel like it's uh, enough time to where I'm like, okay, I have a solid hour that I've been working on for the last over decade now. And Mark's seen it, you know, several times on the road you know he he helped you know give me all the a lot of the opportunities to to craft it and you know was giving me tags and stuff so he trusts that like all right if i'm doing well on the road opening for him then the people that subscribe to his youtube youtube channel will like it as well so yeah um i hope that's the case at least um, well he, don't, he he wouldn't do it if he didn't want to like tarnish his like if he thought it was going to tarnish his brand exactly and i feel like he would have come up with some excuse that uh See, you're coming up. No. You're coming up with the excuses to I try know. to be like, how how could this happen? But it's because you put a lot of time and you yeah. put a lot of effort and you put a lot of work in, which at the end of the day is the only way to get to success. Yeah, and I and I did. People have think to, it's all handouts. Right, totally. It's it's not handouts. Like again, he did mention it, but I had to follow up and ask him, like, hey, would this be something that uh, you'd be interested in? Uh, I was like, it would be a huge game changer for me. Um, and so it, it definitely isn't something where I'm just like having all these opportunities thrown at me. Like I actually have to put in the work. Um, I have to consistently do well in front of him. Uh, but aside from that, like I'm, I, I definitely am excited for what it's gonna bring in the future and I could start headlining more clubs on my own. And um, Oh yeah, to be able to reach out with to people with that under your belt, you'd be able to get really 
Yeah. Like, it's something that will help your career for forever, right. you know? Right. And, and I'm glad it's under his, because, like, Comedy Central or Netflix, it's like, those are all amazing opportunities for comics, you know, in the past or even now, but... Um, but not really now. But not, not really. Like, the, there's not... Like, having a, a well-respected comic say, like, hey, I, I believe in this guy, I think he's funny, you're going to like him, means more to me than, like, a room full of Comedy Central executives in suits being like, oh, let's... He's next in line yeah. because of X, Y, Z. There's no mainstream anymore. No, no, there is nothing. There's the mainstream no... is like Norman Gillis. The like Rogan created the mainstream, and that's the opposite of mainstream. Like that's how it was created. Yeah, there's still like a hierarchy in that sense, but um, you just have to kind of be okay with wherever you are right now, and just know that there's always room to grow. Like, no matter where you are in your career, if you're at the bottom or the top, like you're always gonna fall asleep at night being like shit I gotta get I gotta do more yeah there's never like a point where you are like completely content and I think if you are then you get complacent and uh, your career kind of comes to a little halt I think whenever anyone brings up Matt Reif they like to shit on him now because he just kind of like popped into people's vision yeah. and I'm not even it's not even like oh I'm the bit but when I look at his story like he's the king of just like independent push Oh, yeah. And I'm, just, like, grind for hella long, and then yeah. you will just pop out in the mainstream. Because he's not mainstream at all until he just became one day. Yeah, no, you I'm... You know, uh, it was an independent grind. I'm all, I'm pro Matt Reif. Go, I, I think the more the more eyes that get on comedy, the better. And mm -hmm. I think even though, like, whatever, he's not everybody's cup of tea, and you know, it's not like he has any jokes where I'm like, that's going to be a legendary bit. I, I still think that his presence bringing people to the stand-up arena is is positive for our uh, for this industry because you know we they say like we're in another comedy boom right now and it's a bubble that could explode at any second but like I don't think it it will you know with with the internet and the more exposure to stand up and, and reels and stuff I think it's here to stay for a long time and, and guys like Burt Kreischer and, and Matt Reif and even though people you know have things to say about their forms of comedy it's like whatever because those guys have people right underneath them that are uh adjacent to that success you know it's gonna rival music i yeah. really do believe that like music as an art form it became an industry right like comedy wasn't an industry before right and i guess with that we create the mainstream you know what i mean but yeah I think it like does one of my biggest compliments i ever get is when people come to my show and they say this is the first comedy show i've ever been to yeah. Because they listen, they're a rap fan, but they're like, oh, I'll check out a comedy show. Yes. And then they become fans of comedy as an art form. It's like, yeah. oh, that's dope as hell. Like, right. I, it needs more eyes. It's funny you say that because I feel like comedy is to music now what like uh, video games are to movies. Mm. Like video games are generating more revenue than, than um, you know, movies. And now it's like comedy is also not saying generating more revenue than music, but it's it's getting a a lot of eyes with podcasts with uh, with stand up clips, um, so yeah, there's definitely crossover between between both. I mean, I think I'm a prime example, and I don't have a huge following, but like I get a good amount of listeners, and I've been able yeah. to sell tickets. Where it's like I was just a comedian. I still live in Fitchburg. Like I'm was just a comedian doing yeah. it, 
And then the podcast got eyes on me for people who wanted to see comedy. Yeah. And it was a, like allowed me to go headline House of Comedy in Detroit. Right. Well, you've been, like, a funny, you've been a funny comedian for a long time, but once the podcast takes off, then people start having this kinship with you. Like mm-hmm. they, they, they see me as a person. They see you as a person. They feel like you're their friend. They, they're going to come out and support you because you're their friend. Even though you don't know who they are, but you know, you're a guy that's gonna look at your fans like they're your friends too because you're you're grateful you're appreciative of them and uh i'm grateful this foliage damn look at this it's beautiful Beautiful. sorry back to you Um, no content (laughs) is king and i think that's it's not even to talk about me but i i'm saying that just so people we're filming on an iphone right now yeah with 300 dollar road uh Microphones. I know. Like, I keep forgetting that I can look at you in the screen and talk to you in the I screen. Know, I'm just like over well, here, I'm driving, like looking at the so foliage. I was and, like, yeah. I'm just, but <laughs> I think like content is king. You're talking about like now that you have a kid on the way, you just want to put it out. I think just to have shit like this, you never know what's going to go viral. You never know what's going to get you content. Right. People, you people need to see your personality. So. You can't just do whatever. If you yeah. have an iPhone and 300 bucks or not even, you don't even need the expensive microphones. You can just start creating content. Yeah. And hopefully that will lead you to a place where one day, I had the dumbest clip I ever posted get 12 million views on Instagram. I mean. Dumbest clip, dumbest clip ever. It's about Mario. Yeah. I have a rap podcast, a clip about Mario got 12 million views. Like yeah. you never know, you know? Oh my God. I, I really do see things online. I'm like, what? What, what is this? And it's got like a billion views and I'm like, instead of sitting there and questioning why something is hits the algorithm or rides the wave, just do your own version of that. But if you have a certain standard and you think that that's not up to par, then create your own standard and, and, and just put it out, you know? If you go back and watch any of those like early 2000 comedies, the hilarious ones, the super bads, the pineapple expresses, yeah. blades of glory, dodgeball, any of those, yeah. if you watch them, you're like, it's so dumb and easy to write that it's, it's not easy to write. It's not easy to write, yeah. but it's like, those were just people being like, let's be funny no matter what. Right. Let's be funny. Let's put, all right, even older, like airplane. Yeah. I love that movie and it's just like let's be dumb and funny no matter what yeah and I think social media kind of held people back from just being like well fuck it I'm just gonna do whatever I'm just gonna sell whatever because it will work yeah yeah that's true I, and the I think the age of those movies is, is definitely over as far as uh you know getting away with some of the stuff like you can't do airplane now you know you can't do old school now like with, yeah. with uh you know pc culture it's like i i don't think that you're gonna see another blockbuster comedy in the movie theaters for a long time and even the ones they've tried recently are like all remakes or sequels to try to like harness that nostalgia um but podcasts and comedy that's like filling the void of these comedy movies you know like there's Judd Apatow, that whole gang, they're like listening to podcasts, you know, they're like fans of, of uh, you know, I see people post podcast clips and like all these like comedic actors liking them and commenting on them. So that's definitely the new uh, new outlet for for, st- for comedy in general. Do you think PC culture is going to ruin that? Because I feel like the new wave of comedy, like I watched Shane Gillis's new 
special. Oh, yeah, incredible. And he called so many things, like, gay and retarded that it was, like, almost funny to me that I was yeah. like, like, he's going over the top with this to show that it's kind of over, you know? That's true. And, uh, and, yeah, and you're right. Netflix isn't like YouTube. Like, that had to be vetted by people. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, no, it's true. I, I, I don't know the answer. Everything's changing constantly, and you don't know what's what. But I think now that, you know, we have, like, this writer strike and actor strike that uh, people are cracking down more on online content, I feel like. Do you think that if, like, people didn't get canceled for what they said, you would write crazier jokes? Or do you think you are the comedian that... I think it's not even worried about being canceled. I think it's a a matter of, like, preserving your own self-image in a way. Like, I I don't know. Like, I have family members and... and, uh, you know, a, a professional career where I'm like, I don't know if I want this to be in the archives, something mm. I said. But, like, you know, like, for instance, when I did my special, I recorded two different versions of a joke where I, I talk about Santa and how my mom would uh, write a letter to me from Santa and she would, you know, misspell some of the words and put some of the letters backwards and use sloppy handwriting. So I did two versions of the joke where I was like, so when I was a child, I thought Santa was retarded um, or mentally retarded. And then I did another version of the joke where I say, like, is Santa special needs? They both get a good laugh. Um, so I ended up going with a special needs joke just because, like, the laugh was equal and I didn't have to say retarded to get the same laugh. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and that was more of just a personal choice. Like, it's not like, if you, like, Shane Gillis' special is fucking hilarious. And I'm not, I'm, I don't hear the word retarded and I'm like, bah, cancel that guy, you know? Yeah. But it was just a personal choice. Do you think about the character you want to create? Like, do you want to be like a public persona? You're talking about like professional career image. Yeah. Like, do you think about like the character you want to be or what you see your future in comedy being or do you just go with the flow? No, that's a great question. I think everybody, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, do you feel like, and I'm answering a question on the question, like, do you see yourself in movies or TV? Like, did you ever, um, because I, <clears throat> I think you do as a comic, you do see yourself like, oh, maybe one day they'll cast me for this role because it's closely related to my style of stand-up so it's almost like you're typecasted with like whatever character you are but I don't like I I personally don't think that I'm like a a character Mm stand-up you know like they say like if you can do an impression of somebody then that's like the ultimate form of flattery but it's like I don't think I don't know if anybody can do an impression of me and if Mm. they can then I'd like to DM me your impression of me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but do you think that, like, is that something you wanted to do? I don't even know if I want to be a mo- I think, like, if you asked me when I started, I'd be like, yeah. But I also think... I hate how popular he is to talk about it, but it's like, I kind of did take the Rogan route. And yeah. I think, like, I'm not as popular as he was when he started the podcast type thing. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I kind of took that route where I feel like I have created the path I'm on and it's going to be like an independent one because of how I started. Yeah. You know, the beginning always represents the end, I feel. Right. Like how you start is how you finish type type shit. And I think because I said like, fuck everything, I'm just going to do it my own way, that that's kind of the shit I'm going to have to be on forever. Yeah. And there's something to be said about you maybe writing your own pilot or, or, you know, producing your own movie one day. 
And I think that the same in the same token of people making their own YouTube specials and their own podcasts, like, you know, there's tons of comics who are making their own sketches and then getting picked up for for movies from their sketches. Yeah. You know? Um, so but that, I'm like a weirdo. I like a super niche version of like ultra gangster rap. Yeah. I like, like I'm a big like proponent of psychedelics. Like my comedy isn't something that Comedy Central would be like, oh, this is something we, yeah. we really want to promote. Like I kind of just kind go with what the what I want, which I think will be a longer journey. But yeah, I don't think I'm gonna ever get picked up. Like maybe if I yeah if I write my own movie, but I think I'm gonna have to create my own audience. I don't think a producer or someone's gonna pick me up and give me an audience i mean i'm i can already see like a meta version of a documentary about you interviewing rappers and like just you like in these like studios i think that's a funny that's a funny premise in itself it is yeah 100 percent. but you need financial backing and you also need to be a little bit malleable i feel yeah like i'm true. a i feel like i don't know how you see yourself but i feel like you're a uh a normal person like you can live a normal not a normal life but like you're yeah. not like a crazy person like yeah. i see myself as Externally. I, pull, I pulled up fucking smoking a bong driving yeah, it smells like, like bong you, water in yeah, here it's, it's, all, it's all over my water. feet it's wet <laughs> yeah. down here like i like being like a crazy person at the end of the day now tell me when you are reaching out to rappers to interview them are you how, how do you do that are you like hey i got this podcast i interview rappers here are my numbers i do well like I want, how do you like get in these these uh, green rooms and stuff? So it's funny. So you know how like, all right, when this special drops for you, yeah, you have been vouched for by probably the biggest like up and coming, not even up and coming, but the biggest comedian okay. right now. So you use so kind of the, like word of mouth. The West Side Gun, Griselda, Conway, Benny. Like I'm on a Conway vinyl. Like I'm one of the very few people have interviewed West Side. Yeah. To get vouched for by them, those are Jay-Z, Drake, Lil Wayne, Rick yeah. Ross. That's their favorite rapper. Wow. So when I say, like, oh, I got vetted by West Side Gun, like, he said I'm all right. Or even yeah. Danny Brown, like, I'm part of Danny Brown's collective as a comedian. Wow. To be like, oh, these people vouch okay. for me, it gets me in those rooms. Kind of like how you can, Yeah. it's not even used because you got there because of hard work it's true but it's like you got vouched for somebody that's been vouched for for right. everybody so it gives you a little it's like a bit little of token it. sure exactly sure. it's it's a it's something on your resume people are stupid yeah. people think you're name dropping but if you're in the business world you name drop the company but, you work for but that's also what every credit logo is on a comedy poster literally As seen on comedy central this guy had 1.5 seconds in a comedy central commercial yeah, oh my god, as seen on Amazon Prime, and it's like a movie that yeah. was, uh, they uploaded themselves. Look, for, uh, I was a, I did, uh, I had a small little part in Marvel's Miss Maisel. I brought, I put Amazon Prime on everything, you know. I was just a disgruntled well, audience member. Actual, but that's a still an actual Amazon show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like that's that's kind of how I got it. Right. And I also think I am no one. I'm not a danger to anyone, and yeah. also like I'm. I hope I give up. But also, good you're energy. straight to the point. You're like, you know, you reach out to me and you're like, hey, I'd love to get you on my podcast to promote this special. And I was like, perfect. That's yeah. that's helpful to me. And you know, you get some some content to post. And uh, yeah, that. But that's how that's yeah. how it should work. I think people forget that it's a business. I think this is the com yeah, East province. I'm actually. getting. I can't yeah. do GPS with. Uh, <laughs> 
But no, it's... All right, so I bet you when you... you're We didn't even talk about the Rogue Island Comedy Festival. Yeah. Do you know if I go right or left? We go left. Okay, perfect. Yeah. That's all. This guy behind me probably hates uh, me. Whatever. Whatever. You, uh, you started the Rogue Island Comedy Festival. Yeah, I started it in 2015 in, um, in Newport, Rhode Island, where I'm from. And... Um, because Newport's a very, like, when you think of Rhode Island, like, a lot of people, they, they're familiar with Newport because it's, like, a tourist destination. People come for weddings, for the summer, for the beaches. Um, but there's no stand-up scene. It, you know, Providence, you know, where we are now is, like, the closest comedy scene. And um, I used to produce a monthly show uh, at this little, like, black box theater that sat, like, 90 people, BYOB. And I would sell it out every month, once a month. And um, one... One month, I was like, you know what? I already sold out the show. Let's try to do two shows. So I sold out two shows in a weekend. And that gave me the idea. I'm like, why don't I just do like an annual festival? That way, I don't have to do a monthly show. Because I'd moved to New York at the time. So I'm like, I'd rather just do a fest. And uh, we tried it once in 2015. And it was well-received by the community. And, you know, I got Mark, I got Norman. I got Sam Marill, Mike Cannon, Sam Jay. I had all these comics come up for the first one that are now like unobtainable. Um, for a small festival but uh, yeah we just kept it going every year we did it you know invite only for like two or three years then we finally opened it up to submissions because we were getting inquiries from all over the country Mm -hmm. as far as uh, people trying to get in so you know we had to do that whole process but it's been great and um, we're trying to get you know at least one one or two big names every year just to like stay on the map you know yeah but you must have had to learn how to be a businessman to run something like that. Yeah. That's not just off a of passion. No, and you, you, it's two different brains of, like, being a comic and then being a producer. Because, you know, like, you know, I'm, I'm a straight white guy. And I'm, as a comic, I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, there's, there's not a lot of opportunities out there for us as much as there used to be. You know, because I'm like... So that's like my comic brand, but then as a producer, I'm like, I have way too many white guys on the show. I gotta put, <laughs> you know. So it's like, I'm doing the exact opposite thing that I'm like, you know, uh, paranoid about. But uh, yeah, no. It so being a producer and being a business person, like I have to talk with the venues, I have to negotiate bar sales and all that stuff, and uh, I have to work with the sponsors about like, you know, uh, sponsorship fees. So you do have to be like a salesperson, also. Well, you also can't be like shorthanding yourself right you can't you have to actually be like no this is what i am this is what i have yeah this is and that's what i'm talking about is you kind of need that in comedy too even though it sucks yeah to be like the businessman you know it does suck so i'm like i try to step away from like i I hire people to do certain things that i'm like not that good at Mm -hmm. and um i also do want to like separate myself from being like the booker of it so like i have other people watch all the submission tapes and I, they just send me all the all the ones they choose, and I can like cherry pick. I'm like, all right, this guy's good, this girl's good. Yeah. Um, so oh, washing submission tapes, it's brutal. Is probably the worst. It's labor, and that's why there's fees because it's like legit, like it's a lot of work. So what's the worst submission tape you've ever gotten? Somebody reviewing weed in their living room. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. All right, Somebody... you don't have to get mine. <laughs> uh, yeah. People, there's people at comics by nature are just delusional people. Wait, they were reviewing weed in their living room? No, somebody literally just was like breaking up weed and it was like trying to be funny and they thought like, oh, comedy festival, this is a funny tape. Um, but yeah, there's other ones, comics just like 
literally with a hairbrush in their bathroom, <laughs> submitting a tape like they don't know. Um, you know, shaky handheld open mic tapes with the waitress walking back and forth. Or the person holding the phone laughing way too loud into the microphone. Yeah, face. yeah. Like, ha, 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 yeah. filming it. Or you just hear dishes <laughs> clinking in the background. It's it's a nightmare. But, uh, yeah, that's why it's, it's um, that's why there's a fee. <laughs> Where can people find your shit? Uh, I'm on socials at Doug Key Comedy, um, DougKeyComedy.com. And, uh, yeah, Rogue Island Comedy Fest. Come to that every um, May and October. And your so. special is out special, now. Special, Mother of the Year on YouTube, on Mark Norman's YouTube channel. Um, and, yeah, I'm going to be clipping it and putting stuff out there. So, yeah, watch it. Go like, subscribe, review. i got to get used to saying all that because it feels weird saying No, I that. understand. But you get it. I don't even say it on my own. Oh, you don't? Well, no, like, subscribe, and review his podcast yeah, we didn't get in any accidents in the driving podcast yeah yeah well I you do. were <laughs> diligent with 10 and 2 eyes on the road i'm impressed i know i was like i can't get in an accident on camera but now no. there's a cop behind us oh yeah there is, is he <laughs> that's all right it's a she it's a she so i'm oh, not too worried <laughs> i'm gonna go holler at her yeah yeah <laughs> all right like subscribe i'll say it on this one check out his special please go to rogue island yes yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 ye